Elizabeth Barrett is a wife, mother, grandmother, licensed marriage and family therapist, educator, eavesdropper, and emotion worker. And she uses all of these skills to address the subjects that we all grapple with in this conversation with the reluctant therapist. Happy Healthy Tuesday, Elizabeth. Happy Healthy Tuesday, Brad. Where are we off to on uh, this Tuesday afternoon? Well, first, I'd like to acknowledge that today is World Mental Health Day. And so all around the world, professional organizations, individuals take this time to acknowledge our efforts to reduce the stigma in uh, mental health and mental health care and have conversations about the best way to help people that are struggling uh, with their mental health and to provide more access to resources and a variety of resources. So uh, it's nice to be able to be on the air today and have a conversation about mental health as we think about world mental health. And and one of the pieces that I always like to highlight when it comes to mental health is that we do have a lot more control over how our mental health is uh, than we think. That in more times than we imagine, we can shift the direction of our mood or our behaviors or our experiences before they start to really crush our mental health or how we're feeling. Um, But I don't want to discount the efforts of reducing the stigma around mental health. I don't want to discount the efforts of finding mental health care modalities and interventions that are effective. I don't want to discount them. But In some cases, our efforts to try to lift up mental health care and the profession and the seeking of services, we have created an environment of a lot of therapy speak and a lot of misuse of different terms that are in the therapeutic realm. And then many people have started to diagnose themselves by watching TikTok videos or, you know, doing an Instagram poll of their friends or, you know, doing some self-help and self-help books have been around for as long as the modern day psychotherapy has been around and people have gotten kind of hooked into to psychobabble is what they called it in the 1970s. Um, but in some cases, we've elevated it because there's so much access to, you know, blurbs about mental health and people feel like they somehow have connected to it. And I worry about us wearing, you know, diagnoses or disorders as some sort of badge of honor. And I don't know if that serves us or serves individuals uh, in the long run, because it starts to put the onus of wellness off of us and onto everything outside of us or some mysterious, you know, disease or ailment or behavior disorder that somehow magically, you know, takes over our psyche, which is not how mental illness works. Um, and then we stop looking at the really common things we can do to help reduce our, our symptoms or our disordered thinking or our moods. Um, and that is eating well exercising, getting sleep, spending time with friends, um, you know, drinking water, reading a book instead of scrolling through social media. I mean, all of those things that feel too simple are what therapists ask their clients to do. And so in honor of World Mental Health Day, I encourage you to sit down and list all of the things you can do to help stabilize your mental health and stabilize the mental health of those you love and are responsible for. Because as parents, we also tend to 
give too much credit to experts when it comes to dealing with our children's mental health and don't pay attention to how we as parents are modeling for our children how to best take care of themselves and their own mental health by showing them how we tend to and care for our own mental health. So I would love that to be the exercise yearly at this time around World Mental Health Day for everyone to take a self-inventory. Am I doing the things I can do to stabilize my mental health instead of looking outside for answers or causes or issues uh, that may or may not exist. So that's my public service announcement about (laughs) uh, World Mental Health Day. And in my own realm of mental health, it's been been going on now longer than it should have. But a couple of years ago, um, my daughter Kirsten, as a kind gift, she felt at the time, gave me one of those legacy boxes that you, you know, go through and you send in your family videos and uh, portraits or whatever, and then they send them back to you. Right. And... It's been the bane of my existence now for going on two plus years, sorting through the old videos and wanting to, you know, get this project now just done. I I don't want to have the videos on my dining room table anymore and I don't want to look at anymore. I just got so overloaded by it. And also I'm the keeper of a lot of the old family photos from my parents' parents and aunts and uncles and many of them I don't know, but I feel some responsibility of to caretake these photos as if I'm the keeper of our family history (laughs) and you know to toss a photo is almost like throwing a person away I mean I've had so I've I've had such a journey with this project for the last couple years and it came to the surface because I dove back in a couple weeks ago I had a Chris you know put the the uh, television right in front of me with all the videos so we could start going through them okay here's the thing you young people won't remember this, but us old people will, that many of our family videos on the old VCR that were fabulous family videos are then interrupted by someone taping a television show. Yep. Okay. Yep. Frequently. <laughs> Frequently. Frequently. And so what do I do with those videos? Here is my toddler walking and talking. She's the cutest thing. She's riding the bike around the backyard. And then I'm taping Seinfeld or I don't <laughs> <laughs> and so I then do I throw that tape away because I don't want the entire tape to be taken over? I mean, this has taken over my life, Brad. This this whole project has taken over my life. And I feel like I can't move forward. This is the more serious part. I I feel like I can't move forward. I feel like I'm stepping into a new place mm-hmm. in my life. My husband and I getting to that retirement, yep. you know, time and the kids are fully launched and did I tell you that Kelly passed the bar and is an attorney? Side you, note. You did. And that was such a great day and great yes, news to hear. We're going to bring it up every week because that was the last launching moment I feel like we had. So now getting organized with our old family videos and putting the pictures into place so we can pass them on to our kids or pack them away has become the primary focus of my life. But here's the thing. I don't know if going through all of the videos and movies is good for mental health because I have moments where I've gone through them. And again, this is a couple of years we've been sorting through. I'm, I'm not, it has right. not been quick. And a lot of it brings up memories that I don't really enjoy going back to and how I look at myself or 
what was happening at the time. And again, having all the ancient family members' pictures and the kind of the stories that go along with that. And so I've been grappling with this idea, the topic of today's show. Should we be cataloging and keeping all of the old photos or all of the old videos that we have for decades or centuries, you know, it, is it, can it suffice to have like one or two photos from the olden days and one or two from when the kids were little? Do we have to have this volumes of information? And is it good for us to go back and get steeped in all of that? Um, does it serve us? Because, there's days that I look at them, you know, when I've gone, gone through and I, oh, that was so wonderful and what a great time and the kids are so cute. But there's other times I just feel tired when I look at them and maybe a little sad and I miss that time and I know I'm never going back to that time. And, you know, I'm trying to really make this shift kind of to this next portion of my life. So in some ways, this is like my um, ritual wrapping up and ending that raising children, right, younger part of my life and putting a bow on it and saying, we lived that. But do I need then to take all of this with me into my new life or into where I'm going forward? Does it serve me in that way? Or am I just dragging a lot of baggage into a place that I see as being kind of light and new and full of different adventures and seeing my children as adults raising their children? And do I need to bring all of the baggage? So that's that's the topic today. I'm curious to know other people's experiences or feelings around photographs and videos and movies and whether to keep them or how to keep them or is it important to keep them? How does it impact our mental health and well-being or your mental health and well-being? And if we had none of it, any of the records, because I wonder for people who've lost all of their photos in a family fire or something, how does that, how does that impact your mental health? In some ways, experiencing what I'm experiencing, I would think it'd be a little bit freeing. You'd have the grief about it, but then you go, well, don't have to think about that. So we'll be opening up the phone lines today to talk about um, memories and photographs and movies and mental health on this World Mental Health Day. I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and this is a conversation with a reluctant therapist. Our number is 805-781-3875. You can also send me an email after the show to elizabeth at thereluctanttherapist.com. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook. I posted a couple old photos because I've been going through them. If you want to check them out, leave messages there. You can also listen to previous shows at kcbx.org. You can podcast our show wherever it is you do your podcast. Just look for a conversation with a reluctant therapist. Hit subscribe, leave a message or or some review. That'd be fabulous. And uh, you can listen at your convenience. So we're going to take a break, come back, answer your calls, and continue. You're listening to Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. Photographs and memories. Christmas cards you sent to me All that I have are these To remember you Memories that come at night Take me to another time Back to a happier day When I called you mine But we sure had a good time when we started way back when Morning walks and bedroom talks are how I loved you then 
I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and this is a conversation with a reluctant therapist. So, you know, just listening to a song about photographs of memories starts to get me choked up. So I don't know. Maybe it's a good thing to have those moments because I'm all for, you know, cathartic cries and thinking back and having those moments of grief and joy at once. I think that's healthy. I just don't know if I can live in that space. You know, Elizabeth, we're going through the very same thing right now in uh, the Kyle household, and that's with my stepkids who lost their dad uh, last Mm. week. And so they being the next in line, uh, their mom is now helping them clear away a lot of this stuff. And she, she confessed to me just herself two days ago that she wasn't ready for how it affected her in going through uh, some of these things, especially where she intersected with, with her ex and, and his family. And so that's something that we're deep in the middle of right mm-hmm. now. So I'm so, not the only one. No, no. And, and I wonder, you know, sometimes is it good, to, like you say, just to have one picture as a memory of, of someone? Or is it really up to those who we really want to leave those memories to? Yeah, and I think that's kind of the next part of the conversation. Um, Our number is 805-781-3875, and you're invited to be part of the conversation. Uh, We'd love to know what your experience is with family photos or movies and keeping them together or passing them along. What do we do with them? So interestingly, in this process of going through the old videos and deciding what to keep and what not to keep, and I'm just going to say, we just threw everything into the box with all the Seinfeld memories recorded over as well, because it was it just became sure. overwhelming. Um, but for the children, for my girls, they've come down and they are loving the process of going through the videos and looking at the old pictures and s- memories of themselves when they were young in a way that really surprised me. Um, and so I had I, I took a pivot in some ways of my own feeling because originally when I thought about this show, my stance was pretty tough. Uh, I didn't think keeping all the photos and, and movies was really that healthy, just really f- didn't feel like it was serving me in any way. And I'd watch them and it was nice in the moment. But if I had never seen them again, I didn't know, I didn't think it would really affect me. And I think that's the bottom line. If I never saw any of the photos or movies again, how would it impact my future or would it, would it change me? And I decided that it really wouldn't. And the burdens of carrying them forward were greater than in some ways the joy or benefits of having the photos and the memories with me. But through the lens of my daughters who have enjoyed going back and having these peaks into their childhood and, you know, showing my granddaughter, her mom, when she was the same age. And so, you know, George has enjoyed that. I can see the benefits of being able to share that history for them. I don't know if I need to see them again, but to keep them for the girls. I just wish there was a way to parse it all down. <clears throat> this isn't my my dream, is that someone would come and parse down all of those family memories into like a 30-minute tape. That's maybe all we need instead of reams and reams or boxes and boxes of the videos. And so there's a generational piece to the story of our photos and our history. Because I, I remember as a kid at my grandmother's house uh, up on the third floor was the photo room. And I loved going up there as a kid and going through all of these boxes. My uncle was a photographer. And so he had all of his, you know, photographs there of family and professional photos. And I loved sorting through them and going through and looking at the photos, not necessarily even if it was my parents, but just 
photos in general. So I, I, I think there is something really valuable in that connecting to the stories of others. But I just... I'm just wondering what the overall benefit might be. 805-781-3875 is our number. And Lindsay, thanks for calling. How are you today? Hi, fine. Um, I wanted to ask your opinion. I have a friend. He's a single man, and he has no kids. And he was taking a walk a couple weeks ago, and he saw a bunch of family photo albums in a big trash can, along with dirty diapers and all kinds of things. And he said, I don't want my photos to be in a situation like this. So he took all his family photos, and I guess there's no one to really give the photos to, and he put them in a big bonfire, and he burned them. And he said, at least I know what happened to the photos, and I just don't want them sitting in a trash dump with dirty diapers. So I thought mm-hmm. that was interesting, and I just wondered what your thoughts were about that. Well, how, what did, did he say how he felt after... He had burned them? Did he, he felt good because he didn't want them to end up just really disrespected by uh, somebody throwing them away with all kinds of other trash. Yeah. How about you, Lindsay? Do you keep all of your old f- photos and movies? I do, um, <laughs> but they're just sitting there, and I don't know how interested my kids or my family would be. Mm-hmm. of them. So I actually thought about doing the same thing, maybe just so they're not disrespected later on. Well, I'm glad you brought that up because it makes me think of a scene and I can't, it's a, a movie with um, that came out years ago of a guy who retires from his year's work and he has all of his papers boxed up nicely for the guy who's coming in. His Jack Nicholson starred in the movie. I can't remember the name of it. But the next person that was coming to work, he had organized all the files and everything he'd learned for the guy who was coming in to replace him. And then he retired and he leaves. And as he's leaving the building, he sees the new kid taking all of those boxes and just throwing them in the dumpster. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and so that, that scene has always stuck with me as well. You know, this the sentimentality or the value of our life's work or the things that matter. And I in some ways, Lindsay, I would think that that'd be very freeing to for this man to to kind of control where the photos go, because I have had that feeling that I can't throw things away because it's like throwing away a person. But at the same time, I wouldn't want them to end up in a landfill either, because that in some ways, you know, burning them seems like it'd be a, a more... Uh, celebratory or honoring way to get rid of a photo than throwing it into a dumpster. It's almost the way that... You know, um, in San Diego, they did something that just came to mind. It was at one of the museums, and they had people bring in photos that they wanted to put in a big, huge uh, exhibit that they mm. uh, took up all the walls with just people's photos that they brought in. And I remember going to it, and your mind just wanders because you think, oh, I wonder who this person was. And there was no captions or anything, but it was just a collage of just thousands of photos. And that was kind of a nice way to do something fun with them. <laughs> yes. Well, because every photo, you know, has all the stories that are attached to it. And knowing people's stories is one of the great joys of life, isn't it? Kind of everyone is fascinating in some way. 
But if I wonder, though, you know, when you're attached to the people in the stories, if it's more emotional, it'd be easier to go into a museum of other people's photos that I don't know, I think, than to be in a museum of my family's photos and all of the emotions that would be elicited by that. Yes, I agree. But uh, it definitely is some cause for thought. And I appreciate you bringing up that topic. How nice. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate you taking the time to call. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. You all too. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to a conversation with a reluctant therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett. And the topic today is what do we do with our family photos and movies? Should we have them and keep them forever and ever? Is it our responsibility and duty as one generation to store them and to preserve them and to pass them on to to our children or to our grandchildren? And, And do they care? In some ways, it's kind of like grandma's china we're having a lot of discussions about a lot of the things that were so sacred and valuable and important to someone in their lifetime but does that translate to the next lifetime 805-781-3875 is our number so i made a list a a couple uh, points of the benefits of storing and preserving and keeping our old memories going through the movies and videos and some of the challenges that would be associated with them. And as you'll see from my two lists, it's, there is not a definitive way that we move forward. I think both have challenges and both are helpful. First, the joyful memories of photos can help shape the narrative of our lives. You know, seeing photos that are, have good memories and reminders of places we've been and things that we've done can help us shape this story of, oh, my life really was fabulous. We had these great moments. And when, when it comes to aging um, in gerontological psychology, one of the most important transitional experiences for an elder is to do what they call a life review. And that's a kind of a formal or informal way of sitting someone with someone who's aging, um, getting near death, and having them talk about their life through their photos or their memories or their stories and have someone witness that experience of hearing their stories about their life. And that helps the elder person kind of come to some sort of peace, hopefully a level of peace with the life that they led. Because quite often, the older we get, we look back on the stories and we tell the narrative in a softer way. We tend to be less critical. And so when someone's preparing for the end of their life, to be able to talk through that story and review it can really help help in reducing anxiety and depression for the person who's uh, preparing for the end of their life. And so that can be a benefit of having those memories and having those movies stored in helping in a life review. On the other side, on one of my challenges, is the statement, comparison is the thief of joy. And we use that a lot uh, when talking about social media and people going through and looking at Instagram or whatever their social media is and comparing their lives to whoever they're seeing and how it's curated and how that can steal your own joy or memories of your life because you're comparing yourself to others. And I thought the same looking at old photos of myself or of my family or my kids and looking back and thinking, oh, it was better then or I looked better then or I felt better then and then stealing my joy from right now because I'm comparing to how I felt then. So those are just 
two. Those are my first uh, benefits and challenges to what we do with the old photos. 805-781-3875 is our number. And Rose, are you there? Yes. Rose, can you turn down your radio? Yes. There Mm -hmm. we go. How are you today? Fine, fine. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so glad you called in. What's on your mind? Well, as I was telling your friend uh, before I uh, spoke with you is... uh, you know, this problem is unique to, um, you know, the last uh, 50 years or so because, mm-hmm. you know, we were always taking photos we, and we're always taking, you know, the videos and all that. And so now what do we do with it? Yeah. Well, number one, uh, so it's a, it's a unique problem to uh, to this uh, era, yes. right? Yes. And it, that being said, I want to say this about former generations. <clears throat> Many, many times I have wondered, you know, if I could just take a peek into, you know, what they what they look like, what they what they were doing, you know, what they were wearing, what they said, how, you know, how they were. So I think that, you know, with that thought in mind, I think that it's a really a fantastic uh, uh, some something that we have at our disposal, mm-hmm. having done this recorded history yes. for future generations. That's the first thing I want to say about that. Mm-hmm. The other thing is is that, um, you know, uh, they have professionals that can help you uh, arrange your your collection, so to speak, of, of all that. And I, I know that, you know, people are, you know, I, I know that I am, you know, I want to go through everything first. But they do have, um, I I have seen advertised, you know, people that will take your old videos and put it all together and all that. And if you don't mind if something gets lost in the, you know, a couple things get lost in the interim of of having that done, then that might be uh, helpful. Yes. Then the last thing I want to say is, you know, that there was the situation where the man saw the old uh, uh, photos in the trash by the Mm -hmm. diapers. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is that, um, just like, you know, we were uh, earlier on the show, they were talking about death. Mm-hmm. You know, you just, you're going to get all your ducks in a row, so to speak, as best you can, or else just let it go. Yeah. And I think that there's, you know, if, if we've done our best as, you know, in our lifetime to do what pleases us, then you know, go ahead, burn them. <laughs> but if you do have, you know, offspring and family, um, and you do leave it to them, and just like your children came back and enjoyed so fully, you know, the the, the memories. When you're gone, when I'm gone, um, it, it's it's up to them. It's up to them if they want to throw them away, if they want to, you know, enjoy what I wanted to enjoy. Because in our family, we didn't have that many photos of our great greats and greats. Yes, and some families do, but we didn't. And so, I I think that uh, if you um, you know, do what you want, of course, in your lifetime. But if we do give our children a chance and our offspring and our, you know, relatives or whoever the family that's left after we're gone, a chance to um, do what they will with them, what's the difference? They may 100% enjoy them. They may take them to a museum. They may take them, you know, and and make a library out of them. And they may sit, you know, weekly and look at them. I know. Or they may throw them away. I appreciate but what's the difference to us. Exactly. Rose, I appreciate you taking the time to call. And that I think is uh, the ongoing conversation because 
I don't know if I want everything left to me as the next generation to go through all of my parenting. And so I'm trying to be very cautious about burdening my own children with all the things that might be left for them. Um, so I think maybe it's the conversation that we need to have is one of the starts. Maybe that's what Rose is saying is that we need to talk to the kids and say, how much do they want to have left behind to deal with? Joel, thanks for waiting. You're on the air. What's on your mind today? Hi, how are you doing, Elizabeth? I'm doing so, good. It's good to hear from you. Listening to what you're talking about, thinking what, what I might do in that situation, I, I was, I, I'll relate it to what your, the decisions that you're going through. Okay. What? One picture seems really very, like not enough, okay? Mm-hmm. But what what I might think of doing in listening to this is pick out, for instance, pick a few pictures from my childhood, a few pictures from uh, my youth, a few pictures as a young adult and, and a parent, and then maybe end of life, right? Mm-hmm. And, and go through and maybe create sort of a matrix or some of the things I'd like to leave and, and sort of put a little bit of perspective around those pictures and leave a recording or a video that goes and number those pictures and what my thoughts were when I looked at them. And so there's kind of a brief package that I could leave to my kids. And in conjunction with that, I could leave them all the other pictures yeah. and th- they can decide what they want to do with it, right? Yeah. But but at least there's this little bit of a package that has some perspective to it that doesn't have to become overwhelming and all-encompassing, but also provides a little bit of what it meant to me in how I left it to them. Joel, I love the idea, especially the part of the audio where you talk about how you felt about in those pictures or what you liked or enjoyed. Because it's almost like you're creating your own museum or, you know, historical retrospective for the kids to look at. Because one of the harder things for me is looking at the, you know, grandparent, great-grandparent, great-great-grandparent, who I don't know even their names. And I wish I had at least something written on the back or something that had been said so there was something attached to it. I'd love that you would do that and leave it behind. And what one of the things we have done is uh, I have these old trunks kind of that I used as coffee tables and we emptied them out of games. You know, they had games and other random things in them. And my husband right. each have one trunk that we're going to fill with what we want the kids to have, things that were treasures to us and pictures that we liked. And then when we're done, like this is it, we're leaving just this trunk that's our goal, we'll see, uh, of junk, a trunk of junk that they can either enjoy or, you know, get rid of. But that that's what we've kind right, of come but, to. But what about, I mean, doing that with a recording and giving yes. a little bit of background I'd love on that. it could really be cool. Yeah, I love that. And it's easy okay. now to do the audio on phone. So I love that suggestion. That's going to have Joel's and stamp on it. Audio recordings Fuck. for our life. Thanks, Joel, for calling. All right, bye-bye. Have a good day. This is a conversation with a reluctant therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett. We're talking about what do we do with our movies and photos and history and memories. Are they serving our mental health by keeping them around? Or are they actually harming us in some way? Or having the joyful memories helping? I don't know. There is nothing that's black or white about it. And I can tell you there's not any research really that supports whether or not it's good to have these memories kept or to give them away. We're going to take a quick break and come back and continue with our phone calls. 
This is Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. Conversation with the Reluctant Therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and we're talking about those memories, um, photographs. All those songs today are somehow about photographs and memories. So clearly, I'm not the first person to ever think about uh, the nostalgia of having these snapshots of our lives and how important it is or isn't to keep those memories around forever. Uh, if you'd like to be part of our conversation, our number is 805-781-3875. Bill, thanks for waiting. I appreciate it. What's on your mind today? Hi, uh, this is Bill Walther, and um, I'm soliciting photographs for the Railroad Museum from people who have relatives or whatever that work for Southern Pacific over the years. Just so it, here my, locally? Yeah, uh, and if anybody has pictures of you know, father, grandfather, great-grandfather, whoever worked for Southern Pacific were... Uh, they're putting up a boxcar out there, and we're going to put pictures of everyone who's worked for South Pacific over the years for part of the museum. So if people had uh, photos to, to donate to the project, Bill, how did they get in touch with you, or where do they take them? Uh, they could just drop them off at the museum with maybe a little note of who, who these people are. And where is the museum for those who may not know? <laughs> it's uh, on Railroad Square, uh, um, 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 um uh, near the depot. Oh, right in San Luis Obispo, right downtown. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Yeah. All right, fabulous. So there's a good use of our historic uh, stories that families may have. If you've got photos of r- people who worked on the railroads, Southern Pacific here, take them down to Railroad Square for the museum. Bill, thank you for sharing that, and thanks for calling in. Um, so I was thinking. Also, someone had mentioned about donating to museum the photos. And one of my friends, uh, her family was part of the families that settled Santa Maria Valley 150 years ago. And when her grandmother or her mother passed away, her mother had all of the photos from, you know, 150 years ago. And so she curated and put together these photos and some artifacts from her great-grandparents and donated them to the Santa Maria Historical Society, uh, that, which they seemed to appreciate because she had taken the time to have the names of the people and some, you know, an old dress. Uh, so there's another thing that can help bring or continue those memories going forward if there is some sort of historical society that your family uh, might be able to contribute to. So I had talked about the benefits and challenges of to our mental health by going through and keeping these memories and photos and movies and looking over them and should we you know, deep dive back into them. So one of the other benefits uh, that I see 
comes from a quote uh, on a painting that I actually have. And the quote is, you cannot love yourself and hate the experiences that made you. And so I thought about the importance of going back and looking at photos and and movies of ourselves and being able to come to peace with or feel good about who we are, kind of change the narrative. If the story we had about our life was negative, um, that in many ways would prevent us from being able to step into and live our best lives today if we are trying to reject or forget about or hide or bury feelings we had about ourselves or our life. because you really can't move forward unless you have some sort of perspective on where you've come from and how it all uh, impacts who we are today. So I love that quote as a benefit, that you cannot love yourself and hate the experiences that made you. So maybe we need to go back and revisit those experiences to improve our lives today. But then on the challenge side, going through all those memories and looking at our lives and the things we experienced and who we were will bring up grief or remorse or regret and guilt. And so being prepared to sit and go through all of those experiences uh, can be challenging. It's a good time to have a therapist that that you see that you can talk through and experience these uh, emotions with again. But moving through those emotions to kind of tie it back to the benefits, when we move through those motions of grief and remorse or guilt, we can come out the other side with a new perspective and in a lot of ways, a lot of freedom because burying those feelings of remorse and guilt or shame or embarrassment um, doesn't make them go away. They sit in our psyche and, and continue to come up in ways that we don't even recognize. Our number is 805-781-3875. And Bruce, how are you today? Hi, I'm fine. I'm fine. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for taking the time to call. Uh, my point is, if you, you can't live in these past moments Mm -hmm. and, and you, but sometimes you need to visit them. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you get rid of these photos, you're, you're denying yourself the ability to go back and visit something that you might want to visit. And and it it might be painful. it, It might be joyous, but at the same time, you know, uh, you need to live in the moment, so you need to be able to go back and look at that, and you're not reliving the past. You're looking at something that happened in the past, or you're looking at these pictures, but I think, I don't think you should have them all over the place. You know, some people <laughs> have all their old photos all over the walls mm-hmm. from the 70s, mm-hmm. and and they're sitting there, and they're, and they're living in that era. Mm-hmm. I don't think you need to do that, but at the same time, I think that, uh, you know, growth is messy, and sometimes growing, you might need to look back on this stuff and and look at it. Yeah. And you know what I mean? Well, so do you you keep photos? Are you a photo uh, archivist in your family? Uh, Yes and no. My wife more than me. We just retired, so I just retired. A week ago, my wife retired just last June. So uh, we're going to go travel the world for a year. We're going to take off and go to Asia for a year where our son lives. Mm-hmm. So we're leaving the area. I, I, I don't. I didn't take a lot of photographs, but I don't throw them away. Mm-hmm. I keep them, but I keep them in an area where they're not 
sitting out where I'm, I'm you know, obviously I don't, sometimes I, for years I don't look at them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, at the, but at the same time, I think, you know, uh, you, you don't want to gloss over or deny, you know, what brought you to where you are right now. Yes. And sometimes, sometimes looking at these pictures, you know, and that's the thing. Sometimes friends come over, sometimes family comes over, and you break out that stuff and you start <laughs> looking at it. And it, all kinds of emotions come up when you do that. Yeah. You know, oh, my God, look how much I weighed there. Oh, my God, look <laughs> at my haircut there. Look what I used to wear. Yeah. You know, and you kind of, some of it's superficial, and some of it's not. You know, you start remembering things that happened yeah. around the time the picture was taken, and that gets set off. You know something. So, if you're, if you've got that uh, going on in your head to where some things, you know, make you a little fragile, you you might want to put those to the side. But at the same time, I think I think you need to allow yourself the ability to go back and look at that stuff because once you close that door, you can't reopen it. Yes, well, and that's why I was curious if anyone had lost all of their photos in a fire or in you know in some way how that impacted them. Because I like the idea of kind of what you're describing as a personal museum, where you don't go there every day, but you know that everything's there archived in case you want to take a peek and then you know revisit it maybe ten years after that. But it doesn't need to hang on the walls, which I also understand because. You know, at some point, then all of a sudden the house starts to feel like a, an, a mortuary. If you just have photos of people who've passed away, the house stops feeling like it's alive. Um, so it's, I think it's a conundrum of wanting to respect and honor our history and our stories, but not stay seeped in it. Yeah, you, you, you got to, for me personally, you know, I want to I live in the moment. Yeah. I want to live right now. Uh, I don't want to think about the past, and I don't want to think about the future, and it's almost impossible to do. You really have to let go of a lot of stuff, and you know. But at the same time, if I'm looking at an old photograph, I'm not living in the past. I'm looking at it right now. I am still in the moment of looking at it, which is right now while I'm looking at it. Right, and so go ahead. No, it's just to say yes in the perspective that you have now in this moment where you and your wife are getting to launch into a whole new life, you can look at those moments and go, that was a moment, but I have this coming up. Yeah. And, and you just, I don't know. It's, it's really hard. You, you have to try not to get hung up on, on situations, you know, that, you know, the memories that come up there, there's good and bad in every, every aspect of your life, every, every different, you know, part of your life that you went through. Yeah. That there's a positive part to, for most people, there's a positive part for every phase in your life that you go through. There's, there was something good there. And, and it's not always bad, but, it, but I understand that, you know, people, you know, you can't get caught up in that and that it, it's a shame. But I just, I just think this is what brought you to where you are right now. You didn't just, you weren't just invented the person you are right now. You created, this life for yourself through all these years of good and bad experiences. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and I think sometimes you have to look back. I mean, my wife and I, sometimes we look back and I'd be going, oh my God, we're, we're amazed that we're, we lived through what we lived through in the 1980s and yeah. 70s. Yeah. We're like, oh my God, you know, we, you know, and, and we have friends that didn't make it. But, yeah. you know, there were decisions we made where we turned left and they turned right or vice versa, you know. And, and so at the same time, 
you know, there's there's a wealth of it's like the native people who look to their elders where we kind of discard our elders away in our society, you know, that that's connecting with that ancient wisdom. I think when you look at the old pictures, you're connecting with whatever wisdom or lack of wisdom you had at the time or whatever got you to where you are now. It's part of your journey. It is. Absolutely. Bruce, thank you for taking the time to call and congratulations on the new uh, journey you're setting off on yourself. Enjoy, enjoy the experience. Thank you for calling. This is a conversation with a reluctant therapist. I'm Elizabeth Barrett, and our number is 805-781-3875. So building off of what Bruce was talking about, kind of that history of our stories, two thoughts. One, someone still has to physically go through all of the movies and all of the photos. And that has been, as I said, this two-year project, not nonstop. I kind of will shelve it for a while and then dust it off and look at more. And it's it's been a long process. And I haven't even done enough with the photographs. And as I said, I have my, you know, a lot of my parents' photographs. And it's just a lot to sort through. And I can fantasize that I'm getting to a point where I'll have this museum of our life that the kids can visit and they'll, that'll be boxed away in our trunks. I, I, can, I know I'll get there. Um, it's just the process takes a while and there's a lot of processing that happens. And this is really what I wanted to share is that when I began the process of looking through everything, I did what I've done probably most of the time in my life, did a lot of judging of how I looked at the time or what I was doing at the time or felt embarrassed or cringy. Like, uh, um, you know, how could I have been that way? Or some, I can remember something I said that was embarrassing, like just a lot of uh, not pleasant experiences and a lot of them feeling sad that I wasn't back there again. I I went through the whole array of the sadness and regret and grief and loss and memories and thinking, oh, this is weighing me down far too much. And I can't imagine it's good for my mental health. But I'll have to say that in this last round of going through videos and sitting with my daughters and watching some through their eyes and through my granddaughter's eyes, I had this really uh, powerful awakening, I don't know, epiphany, insight, change, shift of perspective for myself. And it goes along with the quote that I mentioned that you cannot love yourself and hate the experiences that made you. But I've been able to see myself outside of the shallow, how I was looking at the time or, you know, what my hair looked like, any of that. But my job as a parent and who I was and how I raised my children and and the parties that I organized and the events that I sponsored and the outings that I took the kids on and the 8,000 Easter bunny clues that I've written and Christmases that I put together. And I had an entirely different experience of my life raising my family and being a mother and being a parent and devoting my time to that and was able to really, really own the sense of, oh man, I did a good job. (laughs) It's like, I really did a good job doing this work that I was so devoted to of raising my family. And it's been incredibly peaceful the last week or so to kind of sit in this new space of, it had nothing to do with my weight or my face or, you know, what I was doing in the moment. It was the bigger picture of who I was and am and am, which is a big thing, for my family 
and for myself and how my perspective of who I am and who I have been has really been solidified. Because I think a lot of times, you know, people say, oh, you're such a good mom or, you, you know, you did such good parties. You go, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just blow it off. But you don't really own it because all you're thinking about is all the ways you didn't do well. But I've been able to really box up that story of the ways I didn't do well or didn't live up to my own expectations. I have boxed it. And I'm now looking at curating my trunk with memories of the ways that I feel successful and that my husband and I have been successful and that our family as a whole has been successful and it feels liberating. 805-781-3875 is our number. And John, thanks for calling in. Hi. Um, Well, first of all, I just want to say thank you for um, talking about this uh, uh, memories of, of um, through pictures, media. Mm-hmm. Um, I what your last caller really resonated with me. Um, typically, I'm not a person who calls, but I thought, okay, um, I can add something. Thank you. Um, I I appreciated also your uh, reference to the trunk idea. I love that. Mm-hmm. I I think that's brilliant. Um, and so. So my perspective is that I'm coming at this from um, an ardent picture collector. Okay, okay. (laughs) Okay, I don't have a ton of pictures on the walls, but um, recently my parents, uh, my mother passed away at 101. Oh, my goodness. And just a beautiful life. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, again, I inherited, my father was a photographer, so there's tons of black and white pictures of him in the military, our family. My mom was a Navy veteran, so lots of pictures. And so I've kind of taken on the role in my family of one who uh, preserves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I write on the back of these things. It's overboard. I know that. <laughs> but at the same time, what I'm hoping is that some little something that I do will resonate with um, my my children and my grandchildren, that they might come to know mm-hmm. a little bit more about these wonderful people who were their grandparents and their parents. Mm-hmm. John, that's so beautiful. And I don't think it's overboard at all, at all. <laughs> Please don't feel that way because you've taken the yeah. time to do that. I wish that I had started doing this 20 years ago so I didn't feel so overwhelmed because there is actually great therapeutic research that says if your children can look at pictures and hear stories of their relatives, you know, extended relatives, they might find that they're alike someone that's a great grandparent or a great aunt and they had things in common and that can really do a lot to sustain the mental health of someone who go oh I'm a lot like my great grandfather oh I really love those things that my great aunt loved and so you're connecting the generations by sharing those stories I totally agree Um, I have a little grandson he's three years old and when he comes over I'm probably a little bit more purposeful than maybe I need to be, but I will drag out these old pictures. I think your uh, previous callers had mentioned this at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, But I will take those pictures and I will say, this was your great-grandfather. He was a pilot in World War II, Mm -hmm. and just look at how he's dressed. And again, it's, uh, it's just the roots. You know, if you go back to what 
you know, what Alex Haley did with his, you know, the series roots. We all need some roots. You know, we all need to know where we came from. Mm -hmm. And every family has glorious stories from the past of people who were tenacious, people who survived. Yes, there's always skeletons in the closet, <laughs> but and we and we, you know, but but that's okay too. Um, so anyway, I, I I just wanted to say that I appreciate uh, the topic today. I love what you're saying, and I re- it resonates the the things that everybody on the program has said. Thanks, John. Uh, but keep those pictures right on the back. Yes. Uh, digitize them if you can. Um, you know, there's so many opportunities to to really affect uh, positivity with our with this generation. So I agree, and it's having the Thank conversations. You. John, thanks for taking the time to call. And it is about having those conversations to pass the stories and the narratives on. And maybe that's why the photos are important. Nancy, thanks for calling. And we're we're kind of at the end of the show, so I want to make sure I can get your thoughts out here on the air. Oh, thank you. It's been such a great show, and I wanted to make two short points. Thank you. Number one, generational trauma is an issue for a lot of people, Mm -hmm. uh, including me. So it's a bit of a challenge Mm -hmm. to look at the pictures and find the positive. Yes. But I work on that. Um, And the second one was uh, saving videos. Nobody has VCRs anymore or even CDs. My kids don't have CD players. So I'm wondering, you know, how do we save these things for the future generations? So I am using, there there are some services that you throw Mm -hmm. the videos in a box and send it to them and they digitize them for you. Uh Um, Uh And I have not sent any in, so I don't have any feedback. I've heard some people have had great experiences with it, but I think that's the only way we can preserve them. Um, uh-huh. and, but I quickly wanted to hit on the generational trauma because yeah. John was talking about the great stories of our ancestors and things that they did. But yes, there is also the stories that are traumatic that we don't want passed on and people that, you know, harmed family members. And so what do we do with those photos and those stories? And I think that's really something that has to come from conversations within the family and being honest about the person or the situations. And do we need to keep those photos? and and honor every single person. Maybe we can curate the stories of our history the way we want, because let's be honest, every history book we read is through the lens of the person who wrote it. So I think in many ways it's important for us to be the authors of our history um, in ways that serve us where we are and the stories we want going forward. Yeah, yeah, and it's a tough one because I have sons. They're very intelligent, very, very... um, uh, high functioning and very successful, have wonderful families, but they really don't like to talk about the trauma yeah. that we, the three of us, uh, went through. Yeah. Um, so it's a tough one, but um, I do have help with that. Thank you. I'm glad you do, Nancy, because that's what it's there for. And thank you for yeah. taking the time to call. Um, and I don't know if I have time to get to David's call, but. David, if you need to reach me or you want to continue this conversation, please send me an email to elizabeth at therelectanttherapist.com because I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and 
I think this is a topic because there's a whole other side of this conversation about our current uh, relationship with photos, with social media and Facebook and Instagram and, and what is this next generation going to do with reams of memories and photos. So I think we have another conversation that we can follow up with this. Uh, but for now, thank you for calling in and sharing your stories. You can leave me messages and notes uh, on our Instagram and our Facebook page as well. And you can podcast the show if you'd like to share it with someone else or listen to old shows, previous shows at kcbx.org. As always, thank you for tuning in and sharing your stories and sharing your time and supporting Central Coast Public Radio, KCBX. Loving can hurt Loving can hurt sometimes But it's the only thing that I know When it gets hard You know it can get hard sometimes It is the only thing that makes us feel alive We keep this love in a photograph these memories for ourselves Where our eyes are never closing Hearts are never broken and Time's forever frozen still So you can keep me Inside the pocket of your ripped jeans Holding me closer till our eyes meet You won't ever be can heal Loving can mend your soul And it's the only thing that I know no. I swear it will get easier Remember that with every piece of it mm, And it's the only thing us when